Wayfarers Young and Old to the Heart of Adventure podcast, episode 6. Last time we left off, our heroes closed a crucial chapter of their story by killing Gelder, the mind control dude. They have untangled all the loose ends of their previous adventures preceding this podcast, and now the world is set before them. Brand new adventures and threats await as our heroes trek off to a new dangerous continent far from their own home. The continent of Delmarev is their goal, and they are specifically heading to the city of Steepwater in the kingdom of Mistosia at the request of a private detective by the name of Oliver Ainsworth. Detective Ainsworth requested the help of our party due to mysterious ghost ships that would appear in the harbor of Steepwater every new moon. The mystery of these ships and their purpose is still unknown. Now, for those of you listeners who listened into episode 5, you'll know we left off with a bit of a cliffhanger, wherein our heroes were interrupted halfway through their month-long voyage by seeing a flaming ship on the horizon. As they neared it, they realized the ship was from royalty of the city of Steepwater, and more importantly, it was being attacked by large, worm-like creatures of stone and fire so hot they instantly boiled the water around them. And this is where I'd like to say that I, Johnny, the GM, done goofed. Uh, in my infinite wisdom, I decided without very much preparation and without really expecting to keep good pacing for the fight, that we would just roll for initiative and go for it. Um, we did <laughs> it, combat it for really an hour. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it, went, it went really well. It was so good. Um, but instead of having you listeners listen to an hour of audio or forcing our beautiful editor, Thomas, to have to edit that down to a reasonable amount. Yep. I've decided to fix this problem by recapping the highlights of the battle, which honestly were pretty awesome, and retelling it in narrative form, along with some audio of our wonderful players portraying their characters in vocal form. So, sit back as and I hope you... this is a podcast. This is a podcast, of course. I hope you enjoy as we jump into the battle, as it happened here at our gaming table. Angus Dusklin, captain of the Boar's End pirate ship. You look out at your crew, motley 14 pirates, 9 goblins, and who can forget Gary and his kittens, all standing at the defensive positions preparing for the worst. An immense anticipation besets all on board as you wait to hear from Thornton, who has just recently plunged below the surface. A few seconds pass as you all wait for his dwarven voice. You hear the crashing waves, the crumbling flaming ship on your starboard side, and the yells of the crew trapped within that ship. Attempting to gauge the situation, you finally hear his voice. Thornton, what do you yell from the waves? Worms! Backward! Run! The crew bolts into action as Angus repeats the command. Angus, what commands are you giving the crew? What's fire you no go by ye? Hey, Ritchik! I'll give you a slobrick on the log. <laughs> the pirates look in confusion, but they go for it with all their might. The giant hamster at the heart of the ship runs at full power backwards on its wheel, and the ship jolts into reverse. Below the waves, Thornton can see the beasts. He lunges at them, cutting through their stone hide, but they don't even blink at his attacks. The three stone worms begin to burrow into the bottom of the boar's end, burning gaping holes into the ship's hull. As the deck shakes from the attacks, Sheik makes a running jump off the side of the ship, transforming midair into an eagle. Sheik, can you give me a caca? She soars out towards a few survivors who are floating among the wreckage. Grabbing them in her talons, she swoops them back towards the relative safety on the boar's end. Everyone on deck launches projectiles into the water below to hit the worms. Angus and Dipple making the greatest impact as both bullets and arrows pierce into the depths and strike true into the fireworms. Do either of you say anything out loud about how good of a job you're doing? I'm the best. You're doing a pretty good job. Thank you. 
<laughs> You're so calm for a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Nimdiok up on the top mast looks out and notices another fireworm burst from the burning ship. He prepares to cast an illusion to distract the worm, but as his spell fizzles out, he realizes that maybe prestidigitation doesn't hold up at long range. Nothing happens. What does Nimdiok say to himself? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Cinder and smoke fill the air as you all try to fend off these worms. The pirates man the ballistas and send two bolts into one of the worms, but it still doesn't stop its attack. Even after Thoradin's ruthless attacks, Angus's powerful bullets, and Dipple's precise bow shots, these monsters don't let up. As one of the worms bursts through the bottom of the ship, it finds itself into the quote-unquote engine room where the hamster and his wheel is. Edgar Fishbottom, the hamster shepherd, leads the giant hamster out of his wheel and up the stairs, yelling to the crew that there's been a breach in the ship! The crew filters into the bowels of the boat, and, not to be one left out of the fun, Nimdiok darts down the mast pole and beats the pirates to the beast below. The heat emanating from the worm burns the skin, but Nimdiok fights through the pain, and as he pulls on a strand of shadow energy, he forms his shadow blade and cuts through with a surprise attack, slashing the worm in half. What does Nimdiok say in victory? To hell with you. <laughs> <laughs> He's... He's put a cuss in every that is time. Not a what a, Hell is what not a, a cuss word. Guys, we got We're still PG thirteen. We got a cusser. <laughs> <laughs> Under the ship, Thornton makes mincemeat of the remaining worms. As the last one sees their attack has turned fruitless, the worm swims down to the depths of the ocean, disappearing into darkness. The chaos is not yet over, however, as Sheik flies towards the burning ship, she hears as the screams of the trapped crew start going away. If she doesn't act quickly, those sailors are going to die. She flies around the ship, but can't find an access point. The flames lick too high and engulf the ship. The smokes feel her eagle lungs, and she's desperate for a plan. (laughs) As she glances towards the ocean, an idea sparks her mind. Sheik, you just had the insane idea to turn into a whale 100 feet up and splash the ship. As you fly up to maximum height and look down, what do you say to yourself in this moment of insane desperation? I'm not scared of heights, I'm not scared of heights, I'm not scared of heights. (laughs) (laughs) She flies up 100 feet, looks down at the flaming ship and the waves far below her, and she wild shapes into a blue whale. She plummets down into the ocean below. A concussive wave blasts out from her, capsizing the fiery ship and dousing a large portion of the flames. She begins to climb up the ship in whale form. Peeking through a hole in the bottom of the ship, she matches eyes with the almost unconscious crew, who look back in confusion and horror as a giant whale looks down through the hole at them. Dipple sprints into a rescue boat and paddles up to the sinking ship. As Sheik helps the sailors out of the hole, soon they're loaded into the rescue boat and safely transported to the boar's end. Finally, a moment of peace. You all regroup back onto the deck of the boar's end. Brie grabbed that treasure chest, right? Yes, I, I didn't write that into the script, but there is a treasure chest, and the treasures were spread out among the pirate ship. Dipple got some magic arrows. You should have already written Plus those one down. Arrows, yes. Yeah, sure. The pirates worked tirelessly to patch the holes in the ship and recuperate from the fire damage. You are all now with the surviving sailors of the Royal Trading Ship. What would you like to do? I'll help the pirates rebuild. Okay. You can head down to the deck using the, my the, axe the... to cut pieces of wood and help them out. You're, you're a great help to the team. I also just want to prepare, like, two ballista bolts. Yes, some pirates so can go ahead so and... So if a pirate can just jump on whatever and shoot it. I'm they can get that prepared. I'm going to the people that we, uh, that we rescued, see if they're all okay. Inhaling water and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um, they're not all perfect, but with your help, they do become much more well Better. off. Okay. Yes. Uh, most of them are just kind of dazed and kind of half unconscious right there 
just waiting for a moment where they can get a nice bit of not headache and yeah but one of them is kind of more conscious if you want to ask them any questions one of them is more conscious okay um i want to ask them what happened it was we we were just doing a normal trade route we headed from nostosia and we were heading out but these worms i i never seen them this far these things normally only exist out in the flaming wastes of the eastern side of Delmarev. I've never seen them out in the ocean. We don't know. They just attacked us and started to bore into our ship. They're so aggressive. They didn't stop. That's pretty much all they got, is that they don't know what happened. They were attacked, and they're very thankful you saved them. If well, you, Where are you heading? I believe to your town. We're heading to Steepwater to solve a mystery. Oh, um, well, if you don't mind, we'd love to have a little bit of a trip there ourselves. Okay, no problem. Thank you so much. Can we have a recap of what we're actually doing? Because I thought we just fought worms for just the hell of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So, uh, you were given a, you, you, you got three letters in the mail back at the treehouse. Mm-hmm. One of which came from Oliver Ainsworth, a private detective who lives at 221R Raker Street. Mm. And uh, he gave you a letter saying that every new moon, these dark ghost ships, this is what the town has been calling them, these ghost ships, show up every new moon, the dark moon. Um, in the fog, they just roll into the harbor. They sit there. They don't do anything. Nothing goes off or on the ship. And then a little later, they just float away. This mystery is really perplexing, and the police aren't giving it as much attention as the detective wished they did. So he needs a team to help him out, and that's where you guys come in. So ghost ships. Yeah. Apparently. But soon enough, after another couple of weeks of travel, you do start to see land at the edge of the water. Before you is the city of Steepwater in the kingdom of Mistosia. It's a bright and vivid city, the rooftops covered in greens and yellows and reds. It's pretty beautiful, honestly. And the centerpiece of the actual city itself is this giant white water rapids that head down the center of this hillside city. It's a giant city. And these rapids just snake their way through and eventually make it out to this channel where they are separated from the ports left and right of it. I do have a map. For those of you listening on YouTube, you'll see the map. Shout out to our YouTube. But here's the city of Seapwater. Do they, are there people going down the rapids? No, these rapids are very dangerous. Challenge accepted. (laughs) The Laughing Rapids, that's great. Yes, they are called the Laughing Rapids. As you go ahead and start to find your way into one of the harbors, um, you are eventually docked up next to one of the docks, and you are greeted by a man who walks up the docks. You see he has ginger hair, long kind of flowing in the top, and a nice bushy beard. His face resembles that of a mix between, like, Chuck Norris and Bob Ross. Ooh, so, like, stern but loving? Yes. He uh, speaks up, Hello there! Uh... Uh, you are the Boar's End, I take it? Yes. Welcome to the harbor. Um, Welcome can, to our ship. Can your uh, captain or any other representatives from your ship please come down? Right here. Um, so I wanted yeah, to be I special. No, you do not. <laughs> I want to be special. I'll walk his feather fall on me. I want to like eagle dive <laughs> off the ship like Assassin's Creed and just start levitating down. Oh my gosh. That's, that's awesome. I thought you were just going to like step off the ship as if there was a plank there. <laughs> like the cartoon doesn't realize that there's a giant gap below them. Yeah. Yes. 
as you go ahead and land down in front of him, like like an angel, he's like, (laughs) "Well, welcome to to um our our city, (laughs) Steepwater." I'm forgetting these names really easily. Don't let him show off. He's not that cool. Hi, I'm Sam Sampson. I'm the harbor master. Um, uh, the fee is twenty gold for a docking fee. Uh, yes, there it is. Hey, can I borrow some gold from you? No, I'm just kidding. Um, You're the richest player! I have a billion gold. I'm just greedy. (laughs) Okay, yeah, sure. I give him 20. Wait, how much? 20 gold. I want to give him an extra five. I'm like, you keep the change. (laughs) Thank you very much, sir. He takes the gold, kind of takes out his little clipboard and starts to write down the, uh, just the registry that you guys are docked here and that he's keeping tabs of everybody docked in the, uh, harbor. And then suddenly, a loud bell starts going off in the background. Bing, bing. Is it church time already? (laughs) Sam Sampson gets this look of absolute annoyance on his face. And he yells out, George, please tell me for once that that's a false alarm. No, sir. Here's he's coming in. The emperor's coming. Sam Sampson throws his clapboard on the ground and just says, I freaking hate this dragon. All right, clear off dock 23. And he just runs away from you. What's a clapboard? Okay, clipboard. My apologies. <laughs> um, he runs off, and uh, some of the other uh, the survivors of the other ship that came with you are like, the emperor's back in town. I just look at everyone around us, and I, because we're up on the ship, and I'm like, did did I hear him say dragon? And uh, as you say that, one of the survivors of the ship taps you on the shoulder, points out to the horizon, and you notice a dragon flying in the sky quickly towards the city. Uh, you look over to the dock that Sam Sampson is clearing out. Dock workers are quickly pulling things out of the way, and as the dragon starts to make his way over, like his wings flapping down and causing like helicopter waves into the ocean, yeah. it's starting to land, and they're freaking out, and there's still some barrels that they can't move over to the dock. They just shove it into the water, not even caring about what's in it. I like jump down off the ship. I use Step of the Wind to land safe and I like run to start like helping them move stuff out of the way really quick okay yeah your speed you agility over there you help them get a few things and they thank you because these are valuable items they didn't want to just waste yeah and you get a close-up look at this dragon a large imposing red dragon that seems to have gilding on it as if it has gilded itself with molten gold that has hardened down to some sort of armor like um, adornments Sam Sampson is standing in front of a grid of other dock workers, and he greets this emperor in an almost sarcastic tone. Go, oh, hello! <laughs> You're early. The emperor dragon doesn't even acknowledge him, just kind of looks down in a very disapproving tone. Sam Sampson looks back up. That's about right. Oh, look, your envoy is here. And you notice that a few of the royal guards from this city are walking down the city streets. People are just moving out of the way. And as the envoy arrives, the dragon just walks behind the envoy. And How big is this out. dragon? Uh, large. Like, ancient large. The size of a ship? Uh, I mean, no. Probably the size of two. Probably the size of two ships, yeah. It starts walking out. Sam Samson. How are decorated these guards? Are they just like... This is a fairly nice city, so they're fairly nicely decorated guards. Well, um, how about this, his, this his, is the capital of this kingdom. The, and the envoy that's here, 
like, I'd imagine they're pretty decked. Yes, they are intentionally decked up. Like, it almost seems like they're still fixing their armor because they hurriedly put it on. Yeah. But this is, like, the ornate guard's armor. Question. What direction did the dragon fly in from? Inland or from the water? Inland. Which is the east. As the environment kind of cools off, Sam Samson looks back at you and says, Welcome to Mistosia. Um, have a good day. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. Uh, that dragon. It's very interesting, eh? Yeah, I walk up behind Angus and I'm like, So yeah, what's up with that? That is the greatest pain in this city's keister that we have. He's the emperor of the Iron Empire. He treats every other kingdom around him as if he owns them. He doesn't, but he might as well with his power. He's a darn dragon. He can do whatever he wants to. The last time he came here and we weren't ready for him, he ate all of our livestock. So why doesn't he own the neighboring kingdoms if he just can? There's an interesting element to him. We don't understand him, but he seems to almost cherish trade. Honestly, he's our best source of trade. When he plans to come here and he tells us so, he'll come in and all of our tradespeople will go out to the markets and he will, interestingly enough, trade heartily. It's a very confusing mix. I personally hate him. He's the worst. He's horrible. And he's a jerk. <laughs> but some people actually learn to respect him and enjoy what he can bring to our society. Does he... You said the Iron Empire. Not, yes. Not joking here. Does he rule with an iron hand? If you... <laughs> yes. So he'll kill people he doesn't like. Certainly. We've heard many horrible stories, but we try to keep up pacifist opinion towards him because it's going to be impossible to start a war against him. If I could speak frankly, I might watch your tone when he lands every time. Eh, possibly. I'm not afraid of him. Giant dragon. Yes. Mortal human. What do I have to lose, huh? Your Actually life? a lot. Possibly. Your yeah, business? Sure. You hear a few people calling out towards him. Hey, hey, uh, Harbor Master, we need you over here. Yes, one moment. Uh, anything else you need, I do have to go. Go for it. Okay, thank you. Have fun. Where is my clapboard? Dang it. Clipboard. <laughs> Whatever. I, I'm a filmmaker. I can't not say the word clapboard, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> he walks away. Um, to quicken up the pace of this a little bit, because I don't want this to be another seven minutes of me talking to myself in multiple character voices, the survivors of the ship do talk to you and say they thank you for, for helping them. They probably can't get you a meeting with the king today because he's a very busy man, but they will go. They're probably going to be waiting for... The emperor for... or the king? The king of Mistosia. It's oh, a different so kingdom. this... This is the kingdom of Mistosia that you're in. So there's an empire of multiple kingdoms. The empire um, doesn't control this kingdom. It's just nearby. And oh, he's so going he's to meet with the king. he's just here to trade. Yeah. Well, he's here to meet with the king as the uh, envoy is taking him to the castle, which is on uh, the map that I've given you. Yeah, yes. Where is the map? It's where, no, I mean, where's the map of the, the continent? The whole continent? Are in Andrelia? Or Del You're in Delmarim. Oh. You have sailed over the ocean. You are far away from home. Like a month's ride or oh. something you like that. You should get like a globe and like paint it with your world. You can see on the map uh, the Iron Empire and uh, Mistosia are right next to each other. Thank you, sir. Yeah, You're we're so right sweet. there on the. Oh, yeah, the Iron Empire is a little big, huh? It's a bit big. It's a bit big. 
the survivors of the ship, they leave you, they go to the, talk to the king and tell him what happened, and they do inform you that 100% the king is going to be very appreciative of what you've done, and you can expect if the king ever needs some heroes, he will contact you. Okay. Also, we stole all his money. Uh, no. Basically, they assumed the, that the survivors that... say, that sank, and they wink at you. Oh, okay. The, the, yeah. Yeah. You... If oh yeah, you wanted to talk to the pirate ship. Yes, I would love to talk to our team. Yes. What would you like to say? Uh, well, I I like yell up at the pirates, like bring down the gangplank and walk up into the, onto the pirate ship, and I I ask Red Cheek and the rest of our this team, like Cheek, Nemdiok, Dipple, mm-hmm. to all follow me down into the map room or whatever captain's quarters we have. Absolutely. Um, so we can sort of discuss what our plan of attack is here, what we want to do in town, how long we want to be here, stuff like that. And also, so, uh, we have something big to discuss. That was a dragon. Is that bothering anyone else? I mean, the various... <laughs> All the goblins very... raise their hand first off. <laughs> I thought it's just... Get out of here, goblins! <laughs> they skitter. <laughs> they come out like... Baskets like wicker baskets to pop out. Like, <laughs> yes, well, they've got the wicker basket. Uh, oh, in the corner of the room. Yeah, and like barrels and stuff, and they yeah. just pop out and, and they pop back in. Kick one of the barrels and they tell them to get out of here. So, yeah. so, I mean, they're very central creatures. I tell you that. I mean, they're very smart. They're devious. I tell you. Yeah, I, I like that word you used, devious. Oh, uh, that you. was a. I'm very educated. Now back to Angus. I be here. Guns. Angus isn't stupid. Uh. Um. <laughs> it was a one He's just drunk <laughs> red dragon yeah. if I remember dragons that are colored are not nice if if they're metallic I'm all down for that but he seemed to be a fake gold dragon more like a rich boy than a <laughs> real boy and uh two what are you a real boy you know those frat dragons not <laughs> not three months ago four months ago we fought an army of dragons Led by some really bad dudes. Okay, don't oversell yourself. It was Dragonborn. There were a couple dragons flying through the sky. We killed a dragon. Yes, you did. And they were all mind controlled. Are you remembering Game of Thrones? No. Oh. (laughs) What? You don't remember this? No. You shot an arrow into the sky sky. with some dragons flying overhead and you happened to hit one. It then came down, fought all of us, burned my beard off, and almost killed me. Uh, He won't forget that. (laughs) Yes! Oh, the mind control dragon. The mind control dragon. Yeah, he was and a that, young dragon, though. He is a little, little whippersnapper. That is where he is I a am concerned. Angsty little teen. And mind control is hard to overcome. It seems even for the mightiest beings on this planet. Good thing you got rid of it. <laughs> we thought we got rid of it until an entire city showed up, still mind controlled. Thanks, Johnny. I know, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you got a source by killing Gelder. You have. Com- cleaned this world from mind control outside of any leftover things. Thornton is not convinced Listen, of that. That's fine. Somebody might Thor- find something Thor- Gelder made and reuse it, oh, yeah. but no more will be made. Because this dragon is Listen, gilded in yes, gold, Thor- and these medallions were gold. He is an emperor, so he's a he has his own kingdom. Any king is strong enough to kill us or destroy anything. So if we are in his terrain, then we should have some haste in our actions, but well, for now, I feel like He's according only here for to, well-being of this city. According to the most well-named character in our entire story, Sam Samson. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, son of Sam. <laughs> this kingdom is not owned He's by junior. the emperor. 
Yes. So when we're in the, if we ever do travel to the Iron Empire, then we should have uh, some worry, yes. I doubt. But now we should be hasty, and we should make yes. it to Raker Street. Lots of haste. All right. Who's coming? Who's coming to Raker Street? Sorry. I'll go. I th- I'm definitely going. I'm sure all of us. I are. think we all should go. Let's do it. Hey, can we get Red Cheek to come? You want Red Cheek to come? I think you Red Cheek should stay him? on the ship and make sure that the goblins don't get out and cause a ruckus in the city. Red Cheek, Red Cheek is kind of the head of the ship when you guys are not there. Yeah. Let's just go us. All right. Also, that gives Johnny... Go us. Uh, One less character I have to be. Can't rock. You guys go ahead and head through the city. You get to walk by these raging rapids, which are intense, and you kind of see them up close for the first time. And as you walk up, you do find Raker Street. You eventually find 221R Raker Street. What a good joke. Got oh, it. So good. Oh, it's so good. I love it. I'm such a comedy. Um, <laughs> you guys knock on the door, and it gets answered. Knock, knock. The door opens. A man sticks his head out. He's wearing a... Um, Nice jacket vest. A, it's a very suit and tie kind of thing with a white shirt, black pants, and he peeks his head out. He says, Oh, hello. Who are you? The heroes you sent a letter for. <gasps> king Angus Dusty for your service. He's not a king. <sighs> yes, I am going to be king. You see that he kind of gets a frown all of a sudden? Come in. You're late. Not, not late, late. I didn't tell you when to get here. You're late. I had an estimate. You're 40 minutes late. What? what did something stop you? We got attacked. By what? Worms? Darn it, Ainsworth! And he walks in and kind of like pulls out this uh, sand timer and just smashes it on the ground. He's like, I know I should have checked the zoological records. Come on in. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> and as you walk in, uh, I guess, you guys can tell, tell me what you're doing. This is a game. We, we share oh, this nice experience. Is, is it like an apartment? Or it just is it runs like a... smoother if you I, I just, <laughs> not so... even joking, like I roll my eyes and I like motion for everybody else to walk in and I just sort of walk past and close the door behind me. This is a small space. It kind of looks like an apartment-ish area. You can't tell if it's an office or home or whatnot, but you walk in and you do see it's used as an office for sure. Up on the wall there's like a conspiracy board style thing with all the little ropes attached to little notes and uh, you see like some magnifying glasses and a crowbar up on a mantelpiece and then to your left you notice a dead or unconscious parrot lying on its back on a human-sized gurney. Human size? Yes. Just a I giant... I don't, I don't question it. <laughs> I walk up to the parrot. What would you like to do? Just look at it uh, very closely. Maybe like animal handling? Uh, sure. Maybe like, is this alive? Yeah. Are you trying to yes. save yeah. the parrot? Let's roll some well, dice. I, I we're here to play can, can you give me an animal... Or, or a medicine check. Medicine check is more applicable. I just want to see if the parrot is breathing. Do you have animal handling? You also have the, yeah, you have better right. animal handling than you do. Dude, I want to use persuasion. Will you breathe, parrot? Eighteen. You are really caught aback because it is breathing, and it does have a heartbeat, albeit incredibly slowly, slower than you'd think is survivable. Ainsworth kind of looks over at you, inspecting it, and says, "Impressed." What is it? A test. A patient. We'll talk about that later. We have something more important to talk about besides uh, Alfred over there. I'll help you later. And I give you a little pet. You whisper to the... I give a little pet on the beak. That's so cute. 
Um, he talks to you. Okay, I'm so glad you're here. The ghost ships. I hope you've uh, warmed up on your information of both ghosts and ships, because tonight is the night. You're perfectly on time for that. Tonight at midnight, the ships are going to arrive again. It's the new moon. We're going to figure out what's going on here. Table talk. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say something in my table, and for like my thing, table talk, okay? You have a table talk prompt? Yeah, I have something to talk about. I just want to mention something really quick. Okay, do it. Let's do it. You, you want to do it on the record? Yeah, we're recording. Go yeah. ahead. Um, so, uh, I said some weird things that no one understood and the funny thing is that's actually old scottish terms and when did you say that i give you a slip tit lug when did you say that earlier, earlier when episode. you when he first showed up so when you were when we were doing the intro to the episode and you told us Thornton, oh. what do you say here angus what do you say here angus yeah. said some weird shit so, <laughs> so the first one uh which was whisper ye no go by ye which means what's meant to happen will happen huh and I told the parts, and I told Red Cheek, I'll give you a slap to the lug, which means I'll give you a slap on the ear. It's so funny because I didn't know what that. you were saying. Yeah, when he was I, saying that, I was like, all I got was Red Cheek. Yeah. I hope somebody else understood. I hope we have Scottish listeners. He's uh, he was speaking Dwarvish. <laughs> um, I love. First off, yeah. I just want to compliment your engagement into the. I just hit my microphone. The engagement to the verbal part of your character. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. I mean, I. I really wanted to memorize stuff. I want to learn more Scottish and get you my accent really down. Good. No, yeah, that was like as fluid as a. Well, I can't know that because I don't. I'm not Scottish. No, 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 yeah, we're, we're gonna have some Scottish, Scottish people Scottish just being I, like. They're just like that was the worst accent yeah. I have ever. <laughs> Scottish people think I'm just an idiot trying to act like I'm Scottish. It's okay, people. you'll win them over later. Yeah. Speaking of on the pirate ship, where did poop go? Um, where did poop go is my question. Johnny, Johnny, I need to sort of pause really quick. Our table talk for this week is where did poop go? Yeah, no, because I got a map here. I want to show you the map I printed out of the pirate ship. I imagine we just like... Doesn't have toilets. Yeah, we just like have like a swing hanging off the side. Swing? I'm sorry. There's a hole in the middle of it. When you said swing, I thought you said slide. Yeah, you just slide, or actually, poop at the top of the slide, it just goes down. I'm not angry at the sw- of the, like, swing idea, where it's just like this seat with a hole in the middle, just this wood seat. <laughs> and as you're, like, I swinging... Imagine, like, what a- level is no, this no, no, at, no, no. though? What you level? Are you, you like, doing swing. it at deck level, or do you go below for some privacy? No, 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 no. You step off at it's deck off the level crow's onto the edge of it. Like the entrance like to it. Like a little pulley, you step on it and sit, and then you lower yourself down. <laughs> you do your business, and then you bring yourself back up to the and, top. And then but everyone... what about toilet paper? Because, like... Use your you've hand. got the ocean for that. You just, just go just... that low. Oh, my gosh. I'm much more proud of this prompt than I thought I would be. <laughs> I'm not, because I have to edit this into a podcast that humans listen to. <laughs> it's okay. It's how to where the poop goes. What about, uh, what about goblins? Do you th- what do you think they do? Oh, um, well, they just do it in their pants. Johnny, are we gonna talk about <laughs> scat stuff for everyone? Um, what about I, the I suppose. I mean, oh, the hamster. I feel like no, no, no. Poop. The hamster, like, uh, I feel like that's more of a, a horse situation, right? Like, I think Edgar Fishbottom. Edgar Fishbottom. He's the horse wrang- or the the hamster wrangler. I think he uh, he just like there's a lot of hay down there, and he just has to clean that out every so often. Does he just like check it overboard or something? I mean, yeah. Put yeah. it in a bag. That's about it. Okay. Jonathan, I also wondered like, it's your campaign's really interesting because it has very silly, goofy stuff. And then we like it totally switches sometimes, super <laughs> serious. Like, oh, 
Oh, yeah. the, the sun. Like, I have a, a whatever. My uh, sister gave birth to like this, the yeah. son of something and like other stuff where like Dominic he's uh, like old dude. he's like really dark we're past like, and we got we have hamsters right hey. there's like the engine of shit I love I love the <laughs> no, duality it's definitely of interesting that. your uh, thing because I play other Dungeon Dragons and it's... usually it's a lot more serious <coughs> or like I the hate serious campaigns I think I, I don't it. know you can make it really dark and emotional I, like, I agree ones, but I like... think I think um you for me my opinion on that is that I think you give the dark and serious moments more credence when everything else is silly. Because now you have like a context, right? Like, oh hey, relief. chocolate is really good because you know the broccoli or whatever, right? Like, it's, it's <laughs> fall in our stars. Yes. But um, but that's kind of my, 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 my idea there is that, yeah, I like a lot of the silliness because when we get serious, you get really impacted by it, in my opinion. In truth, I think to summarize that, I just think it almost in a nice story kind of way, it imitates real life. Because yeah. you have funny moments, you have lighthearted moments, and then the darkness comes and, along. Yeah, and, and then you get back to, so where to poop go? So where to poop go? All right, I think that was a good table talk. I think we could close that off there. Yeah. Table I'll go talk. All right, so um, let me guess here. Angus, and he points at you, yes. Thoradin. <laughs> Thoradin, he points at you, Angus. Yes. You're I'm obviously Nimdiok. I'm a jackass. <laughs> okay, alright, I'm Thoradin, he's Angus. <laughs> and then... I punch you right in the chest. She can do, you do damage? Yes, yes no. sir. Okay. Although I could do a lot of damage. Okay, so, I want to catch you up as much as possible. Nothing else is more important than this, alright? If anything else comes up, these ships are our priority. These ships have showed up for multiple months in a row. But the parrot. The parrot will get to. That's tomorrow's priority. Dibble, the parrot can wait. The parrot's fine. He'll I be frown. quite oh, <laughs> very exaggerated frown. I just pat her on the head. So there's one single tear rolling down yeah. her cheek. <laughs> Slowly. And it glistens in yeah, the sunlight. A knock is heard at the door. Ainsworth kind of perks his eyebrow, looks out the window. Oh, it's the cops. I didn't expect you to laugh there. That made me laugh. <laughs> Not again! Hide the drugs! Hide the parrot! He looks all at you. Alright, they would only be here if they've got a case for me. I'm not taking it. You will answer the door. Tell them I'm not here. He walks to the door, opens it up, and hides behind it. And as he opens it up, you guys are standing away from the door, and the police officer just looks up at you as the door just opened. I move my hand up and be like, Oh, they're back. Great. Whatever I drink works. And I, I run up and I'm like, Hello. Um, what? Hello? Hi. Uh, I'm Officer Barry. Hi, I'm Dipple. Where is Oliver Ainsworth? Uh, he said that he had to go run to the grocery store. Uh, we're some family visiting from out of- Well, I'm his, like, n n niece or cousin <laughs> or something. I don't know. It gets a little weird on my mom's side. But anyways, he's my uncle, as what I call him anyway. Um, Uncle Oliver. And so he went to the grocery store because I think he's out of eggs. I am so staring at her minus one charisma <laughs> right now. <laughs> no, no, no. My eyes are, like, wide. Just, like, standing next to her, just like... Anyway, hey, I'll step in. Hello. Hi. This officer Hi. is so overwhelmed. I'm sorry. She had a little too much candy this morning, and she's been all I hyper. I did. I did. Uh, yeah. Well, ex excuse my daughter. 
Uh, huh? I like, I like, I say that. And I, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes, or no, family. we've been very worried about her, but we're gonna take care of her, right, honey? Yes. So, yes, <laughs> Oliver, Oliver, he went to the markets and he's not gonna be back for a while, you know, elves and them. I don't know where exactly he went. I haven't been here in ages. So. Could, could you? Oh my goodness. Anyways, the, uh, huh? you, thank what, you for what? stopping by. No, I wait, close wait. Close the door right in front of them. <laughs> Oliver looks at you and says, It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Another knock comes by. It's kind of like I, can slow. I and... Can I shove Oliver back and open the door? Yes, you shove him back. And he says, Good job. <laughs> the door opens up and the officer's like, Can you just leave a message for him? Like, No, I shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can take a message. I get to the door and I say, Of course, what is it? Uh, we've got something that we want to bring to his attention. A case. There's been a murder at the, the harbor. A murder? Please tell me he freaking pops out the door when they say we have a case. No, murder. actually, when you look towards him, and he's just looking at you and saying, Ghost ships. Ghost ships. No case. No case. He's just shaking his head. I should, I, I should top, probably explain that audibly. I don't... I mean, I don't like not doing anything about a murder, so I'll Hair. listen. I can get Red Cheek to look on it to, or get some of the pirates. The the cop continues and says, uh, it, it was the harbor master, Sam Sampson. We found him dead today. Sam! When? when did you find him dead? Just a few hours ago. We were literally just with him. Our ship docked not a couple hours ago. That's the thing. You're not the only one who has seen him recently. We thought this was going to be a done and solved case. We even have a person we think who did it. But when the coroner arrived, the body's been dead for eight days. And at that, you notice Oliver's eyes open up. He turns around the door and he looks at the cop and says, which by the way, the cop suddenly like, <laughs> suddenly surprised by Oliver being there. And he says, my eyes go wide again. <laughs> Oliver looks at him and says, we'll take the case. And he shuts the door on him. <laughs> He starts pacing the floor and looking at you, and he just says, Oh boy. Oh, we have a good one. Okay, what time is it? Alright, we've got Does six have, hours like, before the ships wrist? arrive. What, you say? Does he have like a sundial on his wrist? <laughs> no, sorry, he pulls out a pocket watch. Okay. He pulls out a pocket watch and says, We've got six hours. Who wants to solve a murder? I do. Good. Because I, I have a great feeling that this is connected. 100%. All right, everyone grab your coats. And he grabs a coat off the coat rack. We're heading to the harbor. I grab my coat, my cloak that I'm wearing and I just hold it up, kind of like, I, I think, got it. I think that was supposed to be one of those moments where he says we're headed to the harbor and then I cut it there and it was going to be really cool with some music yeah. that ends. But Does he like flick off his collar? You know, the oh, he's got all of that collar. He's got a nice little top hat that he wears. Does he, he even go like past his head? So it's like... It's like <laughs> Dude, that's like a, a foot long collar. <laughs> you make your way to the harbor. When you get there, there are a lot of police officers standing around the crime scene. You do see the body lying on the side of the harbor, and interestingly enough, there's an anvil nearby him. A, um... Does it say Acme on the side of it? <laughs> no. The police commissioner is there, and he speaks up to Oliver Ainsworth and says, Oh, God, I'm glad you're here. We're a bit of a pickle here. He looks over and says, Yes, oh, oh, by the way, I brought my team, and he, and he motions out to all of you. I wave. The police commissioner waves back to you. It's a bit of an interesting one here. And you all get to look at the body. 
flips page. I look Is there a picture of a body? body? I do have a handout. Oh my gosh, you do. It's just a body. Here's what you see. Oh. Starting from head to toe. His head is completely shaved. Beard gone. Hair gone. You notice these little bits of what looks like rock or plaster is on his face. Lower down, you notice that there is a stab wound right on the heart. Lower down, most of the other, every rest of it is kind of just, it's just his body. There's nothing really interesting of note there until his ankles, where there is a rope tied around. Very hastily and horribly, might I say. It's a very badly done knot that goes down to a rip. And you notice that rip is mirrored on ropes that are wrapped around the anvil nearby. The commissioner speaks up and describes how they found him. A few sailors were coming in, and they noticed that there was some sea animals all strangely swimming around right next to the dock. They normally don't do that. They looked in and they saw a body was floating underwater and was anchored down by this anvil. They cut the rope, brought him out, and we got the anchor, uh, the uh, anvil out as well, just in case that that might have some sort of important clue. You guys, oh sorry, I will say that Ainsworth looks down, takes a few looks at it, looks at you. Well, I brought you in for investigating. What do you think? And I will now bring this over to you guys. You guys can tell me whatever you want to look at or investigate. No rolls required. This is going to be... I don't want to have fat... You don't like, want us to roll the investigation check? I don't want clues to be hidden behind a dice a roll. Because if you fail, then... Oh, you don't get to do that. <laughs> no. You guys just tell me what you do and what do you want to look at? I want to start looking at the, um, the sharper kind of looking end of the anvil. I want to see how well it could potentially match to the wound on his chest. You're telling me he like, was stabbed he by was, an anvil? As if he fell on it. Okay. I ain't angry at that. You look at both the anvil and the stab wound. The anvil is clean of blood, and as you look at the stab wound, you notice it doesn't match. In fact, the stab wound is its own strange mystery in and of itself. As you Not look at like it- a normal knife? No. It almost looks like he was stabbed three times exactly, right laterally, right next to each other, by a skinny dagger. But then as you look closer, the muscle mass isn't ripped in a way that multiple stab wounds would. It's almost like it got stabbed one time by a three-bladed weapon. Does it go all the way through? Or is to it To the just... heart. Okay. It only uh, took one stab to get him down. I'm going to okay. play my character really well here. I go up to the rope that's tied, and I, I sort of pull on it a little bit. And I pull on the rope that's attached to the anvil, and I say, This is the rope that was used to tie him to the anvil. <laughs> Oliver looks at you because I says, just looked at my intelligence. <laughs> it's minus two. <laughs> Oliver kind of like looks towards the commissioner. The commissioner looks very confused towards Oliver. And I farted. Oliver oh. says, "Well, she's smart," <laughs> and points towards Dipple, saying that she's smart because. Can I look at his head and his hair and see if it was shaved or maybe burned off? Mm. Good thought. Not burned. Okay. Shaved, carefully so, right up next to the head, and the so the hair's gone, shaved off. But as you look at his face, you do see closer look at this plaster that's kind of stuck on his face. Well, this is Scooby-Doo, I'm sure, in The Guy Made a Mask. That's who was on the dock. I agree, but Thornton wouldn't know that. 
You say that out loud, and anybody looking at Ainsworth right now, he has a great big smile. He's very proud of that deduction. Um, that's about as much as you can get from the head. What, is, what does he have in his pouch on his back? I was about to say, Nimdiak, why don't you pat him down? <laughs> pat down the dead man. Okay. You go and reach towards the soggy, disheveled body, which is very waterlogged after eight days of being underwater. Bloated, gross. Bloated, discolored, a few um, crustaceans are still crawling around on him, <sighs> and you put your hands on this man and start to pat him down. Um, it seems that he had his stuff taken from him when he was murdered, but you do notice that inside of the pouch, there is, um, a spot where, like, you can see indentations of stuff that's been there, like, every single day. There is a key that is missing from his pouch, and there is also, um, uh, a, uh, what looks to be a small, like, booklet or ledger that's missing. Hmm. Wait, you said a booklet or a ledger is missing? Mm-hmm. Yes. He, he he can see the indentations of these items in the leather of his uh, pockets. Because it had... It's been there every single day like a wallet wears out jeans. Makes sense. Or a dip can. Your back pocket. Anything else you guys would have to look at? I want to talk to the police guy mm-hmm. and ask if they've um, found the guy who's been impersonating him or if anyone's seen him lately. We have not. We have a few suspects. One head suspect, but we haven't proven that he's ever even worn a mask recently. A lot of people are saying that it might be a man named Edwin Cypress. They believe that Cypress, well, Cypress is the second head of this entire harbor. He would have great motive to kill him because with Sam Sampson dead, Cypress would take charge. He would have double the pay. He would be in charge of the entire harbor. He's got all the motive he needs. Uh, as a weapons expert and blacksmith, I would love to look at his heart wound. Okay. As you look down, this weapon, you can definitely 100% tell that this weapon is something that has three small blades on one weapon. It's like a sword that has three jagged teeth. Uh, so they're not like rapier blades. Like no. They are blades. Yeah, they're they're like so forged. It's, it's like a trident. A trident dagger. Okay. Have I ever seen anything like that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Have I ever seen anything like you that? You've never seen anything like that. I look at you and I'm like, "Thieves can't." <laughs> and I like say some bad thieves can't in with my hands. As you look at him, he says, "Soup, delicious." You were surprised for the first time you made a coherent statement in thieves can't, but you doubt that was his intent. Hey, Thord, it was the first time you did Thieves' Kent and actually said something that made sense. I told you I'm learning, man. But it had nothing to do with what you were trying to say. Maybe. maybe. This, was, this was done by an assassin, and I bet if I can um, kind of get in touch with my other... Your other brothers? <laughs> friends in town. <laughs> Quote, unquote then I can probably figure out what kind of weapon this is and who did it. So, on the end of the weapon, I've got a question for you. If you were to do this kind of work, would you keep the weapon afterwards or throw it in the harbor with him? You would keep this. I would keep it. This is a very rare and probably well-made weapon. 
so would I know how to make another one of these? Just looking at the wound and talking to him about how no, made. the the bloating of the body and like the disformation, you can't really tell what the exact shape was. Okay, I was hoping that I could go and remake one, and we could. You could get close, but you also have no idea what the handle. I was like. trying to go all like bones on this, where we like get into like the details. <laughs> Forensics. Like, yeah. Oh my goodness, that'd be interesting. This <clears throat> is a very unique weapon. So Ainsworth it's does not speak up. They would just throw away. Ainsworth does speak up as you're saying this out loud and says. I might know a man who you can already contact. There's a man in this city. He knows every criminal, every criminal organization. His name is Devin Winstead. He's a bit of a tough cut himself, stays in a bit of the criminal world himself, and he's quite rich. On a day like today, he'd probably be gambling his night away at the Scoundrel's Tap Room. <laughs> One problem with the Scoundrel's Tap Room, because it's a illegal place, they change their location every couple of weeks. I don't know exactly where it is. We would have to search out the place. It's okay. We have That's okay. an I'm, illegal guy. I'm, I'm pretty good at that. All right. Um, I do have a question for you. Yes? When we do find this guy... And, and we will. And we, we will. And when we capture him... Can I keep the weapon? <laughs> he looks at the police officer. The police officer is like nodding his head no and uh Ainsworth looks back don't think I haven't done that a time or two I mean this you weapon should see my collection it's amazing <laughs> this weapon wouldn't be the most dangerous thing that I have but it would be cool it would be <laughs> he, he be kind pretty of cool winks and points at his muscle and like does a little like flex things like the guns of course and also he just knows that the word gun exists there we go Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Angus, you so, pull out your real gun. I speak uh, up and I say, Oliver, can I borrow your gloves? Yes, of course. He gives you you gloves. don't have gloves as a ranger? Not mus- ones I want to get messy. <laughs> she got those cool fingerless Katniss ones. Yeah. <laughs> and I start like opening the wound a little bit more by his What are you hoping to find? Mm, see if anything was. I Shrapnel? don't know. Just strange about like the way that he was punctured. No, uh, basically all the clues you're going to get from that is gotten. It's just a very precise assassin attack. One d- jab and this guy was done. Okay. No no struggle either. He was surprised by this. You can't see struggle anywhere else on the body I mean, where he was fighting. the heart. Yeah. Okay. It was just, bat done. Is it worth asking, like, what happened to his hair? Or is that just something that isn't going to matter? Ainsworth, as you are talking about... Or looking at the head and uh, seeing that the hair is missing and there's little bits of plaster on his face. He looks and says, pretty interesting, no? I've got an idea. Somebody is making the masks, of course. I know that you already know that. But somebody made a mask that would hold up for eight whole days and nobody even noticed that it was a mask. Or they made multiple masks. Perhaps. But this is somebody who is very good at prosthetics. The best, even, I'd say. Somebody who could make a wig out of this man's hair and beard. I didn't notice it was a mask, and I looked right at him. I know one man in the city who could possibly do that. He goes by the artist. His name is Felipe. I could give you his address. I, I don't think that. anybody else could have the masterwork besides him to pull something like that off. Well, we will pay him a visit. Sounds good. The uh, um, 
The commissioner says, all right, Ainsworth, we need to go now. I need you to question Cyprus. We gotta talk to him and look at his house because I'm telling you, this is a primary suspect. Ainsworth kind of sighs and looks back to you. He huddles you guys up and he whispers to you and says, yeah. Oh, no, when he huddles us in, I say, so we've got two leads. I just thought of a third. Yes. You remember the rope in the anvil that I so keenly noticed? Yes. I just said the word keen. <laughs> uh, I'm a blacksmith. There are blacksmiths nearby that might be missing an anvil. Why don't I go give them a visit? That is a very good idea. Yes. Here's what I'll say. We don't have three. We have two. Cypress didn't do this. Look at that knot. That's not a dock worker's knot. Cypress was a decorated sailor before he worked here. He knows how to tie a good knot. That knot would have been untied in a couple of days from the waves anyways. He would have been found out then, if not now. I don't think Cyprus has done it. I still have to go and talk to him because the commissioner is making me. This is where we're going to have to split up. We have a few clues to work off of. You can pick whichever ones you want to go to first, and then we can agree to meet at the second one. We have the artist's house. I, I mean, I, yeah, when we've also got Devin Winstead. Devin Winstead at the Scoundrel's Tap Room. And... The, the anvil. The anvil. Which... I have a feeling that... You're onto something, but I, I almost wonder if it was somehow here. This is a port, after all. Perhaps it was a shipment of anvils. Is this you, Johnny, telling me the anvil is a dead end? No, I'm not telling you it's a dead end. I'm just saying that's another likely place to look. The anvil is a clue. I'm actually going to just straight oh, no, up no, say no. that. I wasn't going to go, like, into the market area of town to look for an anvil that someone carried halfway across town just to bury this guy in the water. You're good. The anvil is a clue, and I... The blacksmith might be a great place to do it. I don't want to spend too much time with the blacksmith, okay. but that will give you some more information. We have to split up. Where are you going first, and where can we meet up afterwards? I think it's obvious I should go on my own to find out... About the weapon. Uh, yeah. Persuasive. I do a legal activity. I'm chaotic neutral. I think you'd do better talking to the artist. Yeah, okay. I mean, we should go to the artist. Right, that's good. Do you uh, want to yeah. come with us? And I'll go talk to the blacksmith, so it sounds like we have three-way split. I think a good place to meet is where you think we could stay for the night, because we currently have... We're not staying anywhere for the night. We've got ghost ships at midnight. Then we could just meet back we'll at We'll be back office. at the harbor. All right. Oh. We'll meet back here. The harbor. I don't think the harbor is a safe place to meet. Don't you? That's fair. How far is his Suddenly, office? Ainsworth... Yeah, how far is his office? Ainsworth has a, a look of surprise as you just say that, and he just has a moment of realization. Can one of you help me with something? Look over your shoulder. N no. That man with the two-tone mustache over there. And you look over and you see a man who's got... Points at him? Well, he's not looking. Okay. The, the man with the mustache is not looking. It's a dock worker who's just working on lifting some crates. His name is Lorenzo. Can one of you go ask him how his wife Merelda is doing? She's recovering from her sickness. I'll go ask. Okay. You go. Do you want to say that in character or just you ask? I'll just say I'll go ask. Okay. You go ask and Lorenzo replies is, Oh, uh, she's doing better. Still recovering. But um, uh, thank you. Yeah. He kind of asks you about how you know her. Um, I've just heard around the town and uh, I wanted to make sure that you guys were doing okay. What was it she had again? Uh, a little bit of a uh, oh bad bad flu. The doctor says she'll be good in a week. Thank you. Okay. You walk back to Ainsworth. You relay what he said, and Ainsworth says, "Hmm. Well, that's surprising. 
because Lorenzo doesn't have a wife. I run over and tackle him. I don't know. Angel stops you. I don't think Lorenzo's the only one. Oh. I noticed something earlier. I can't believe I let this go. That man in the green hat? He's very specific about everything he does in his life. Every day of his life is scheduled from food to clothing. Today's Friday, and that's his Wednesday hat. <laughs> I have a feeling that the entire dock is not our friends. God, Johnny, what is Maybe up it's... with you in making an entire group of people against us? <laughs> because it's creepier. <laughs> I mean, Thornton is, like, not comfortable now. Maybe it's the people on the ghost ships. I have a feeling that the ghost ships are 100% connected to this. And I also think that the ghost ships are now a much bigger case for us to deal with. You Do you go think out, we should even continue looking into this murder? I think this murder will give us more clues towards the ghost ships. There's a reason he's been killed. There's a reason they want him dead. There's a reason they want to take over this dock. We have to figure out why. And if we figure out why, we might figure out the purpose of those ghost ships. Excuse me. Um, Oliver, do you yes. think this has any relevance to the dragon? Unlikely. The dragon has a few enemies in this city, but we can keep a watch out for that. So, I mean, ghosts, dragons, I mean, I'm sure there's... <sighs> That's just not his mode of operation. Ghost dragon? Keep a watch out for that. Does he go by any other names than the Emperor? His name is Emperor Zraxan. Bless you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, you know what? I think we're going to leave this episode on that note. And next time, we will continue on this investigation.